<laughs> remember, remember these? Remember, this is before the digital revolution where, you know, everything, and now, now we take a picture and we have it instantly. You can take a picture with your watch and you have it instantly, your, with your shoe, and it's, and it's already on, on Facebook, right, before all this digital stuff. But back then, we used to have to buy these films. And if, depending on how old, how far back you go back with me, you used to buy the 110. Remember the 110? <laughs> the young people like, 110 megapixel? I don't know. And then, and then later on, when you was big, you know, big boy status, then you bought the 35 millimeter films, Right? And whenever you went on a trip, you always made sure, right, you bought like a pack of these. Because you don't want to run out, right? You wanted to be able to, for, for, for those that don't know, some of these are, these are like 24 exposures. So this will take 24 pictures before it finishes, right? And then, you know, once this finished, you take it out of the camera, you put it in your little thing, and then you pop out the different one. And, you'd, and so you wanted to make sure whenever you went on a trip, that you had plenty of these so that you can capture all the pictures and the memories. And the thing is, after you took them all, you couldn't see them just yet, right? I know some of it, that messes us up. What's the point, right? But all of your pictures and your memories and your experiences, they were caught in this little canister, And so you probably come back from a vacation and you had six or seven of these. Anybody? But, but if you were like me, <laughs> many times you got back from your trip, you were broke as a joke. <laughs> This just didn't seem as important <laughs> to spend $16, $17, $20 per canister because you see the film you can get pretty cheap but to develop it costs you something family sometimes our faith is like this film Hebrews 11 says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet scene see it's like this small film canister if you don't develop it you have nothing to remind you of the places and the experiences that you've had come on this is a stretch you're gonna have to just hang in there with me eventually if you don't develop this if you don't develop your faith you forget the places that you've been, the things you've gone through, the experiences that you had. I'll be honest with you, I pulled this out of the closet. I have no idea what's on these pictures. I'll confess to you there were about 15 more of these. <laughs> Anybody else got a collection of these? I'm going to take this one. I'll tell you next week what these are. <laughs> But when you develop this thing, you, you, know, you, you have the evidence of the experience that you've been through. Amen? 
You have the evidence. You have the used to stories. See, many of us came to church on somebody else's faith. Press in with me. We'll be, we'll be quick, but I want you to really get this. Somebody told us of their past experiences. Somebody showed us their pictures. Somebody told us their experiences. They, they came to us and they said, I used to be that. But now, I, I love a good story. Somebody said, I used to, but, but, but now. I used to feel exactly how you're feeling, but, but, but God... I, I used to end up just like, but God. Most of us here today, we're here today, we're who we are today because of someone's used to story. We're here because of somebody else's developed faith. See, this is what happens when somebody shares their used to story. In essence, what they've done is They've shared their faith with you. Hold, hold, press in with me. Now, listen, you might have fought it. You might have rejected it. You might have disregarded it. Somebody say amen. amen. But one day you stepped out into that thing. Amen. One day you might have been at your lowest, you might have been broken, you might have felt like you were too far gone, but one day you might have had very little faith, you might have had no faith of your own at all. But one day you stepped out in borrowed faith. I want to talk to you about borrowed faith today. I love the stories that people tell me. They say, I came here on her faith. I, I, I got here on his faith. But there, there comes a time when you have to develop that thing. Say amen. See, I might have gotten here on her faith, but now I'm standing on my own. Can anybody say that? You know what's awesome? If the person that you got here on their borrowed faith, would you point at them for a moment? Say, I got here on his faith. I got here on her faith. But, but now I'm standing on my own. Amen? Come on, give them a hand. See, once your faith is developed some, you, you have pictures of those moments that you could look back on. And when you start to question, and when you start to doubt, and you find yourself in the storm, you can, you can pull back that album, and you can go back and say, man, I remember that used to be me, but that's not me anymore. I remember I used to feel that way, but I don't feel that way anymore. See, next week is National Back to Church Sunday. And there are over 20,000 churches participating in this program all over the globe this week people are going to step out and lend faith people are going to share faith with people and many people will experience the love of god and they'll be reconciled with their creator and the most beautiful thing about that is that some of those people feel like they have no faith of their own but next week they're going to step out on borrowed faith. Now some of you sitting here, you theologians, you could tell me, is that even biblical? Is that, is that, even, is that even what the Bible says? Can I, can I show it to you? So you're supposed to say yes. Yeah. 
Thank you. Did you know that there are over 35 listed miraculous healings in the New Testament and only 10 of those people actually had their own faith? Come on, this is where we get excited. Come on, come on. So two-thirds of those people, regular people like you and I, were miraculously healed on borrowed faith. Say, show me. All right, amen. Turn to the Gospels with me. There's four Gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Turn to the first one, Matthew. When you get there, say, show me. Matthew 8. Let me try to lower my voice a little bit and do the Barry White message here. The first story we find in Matthew, no, I can't do it. Matthew 8. Jesus comes down from the mountain and there are crowds following him and he comes across a man with leprosy. Now leprosy was like the worst thing you can have back in those days. It probably still is a pretty horrible thing to have. It's a disease that disfigures you. It forms all over your skin white scabs as your skin starts to rot away. As circulation stops, parts of your body starts falling off. Somebody said that's a bad thing. Amen. When you had leprosy back then, it was, it was so bad that you, you were considered unclean. You, you couldn't be around regular people. You were shunned. You were an outcast because it was very contagious. And so nobody wanted to be around you. You had to shout when people came near you. You had to shout unclean, unclean. Now, can you imagine what that does to a person? Every time some regular person comes around, you have to yell, unclean, unclean, don't touch me. So that means for as long as you've had this disease, you have never had physical touch from anybody. So this man comes to Jesus, a leper, and, but, but see, he, this man was full of faith. He drops down at Jesus' feet and he proclaims, he says, Jesus, if you're willing, you can heal me. Somebody say, that's faith. He's not a beggar. He's, he's saying, God, he's saying, Jesus, if you're willing, you can heal me. The message says, Master, if you want to, you can heal me. This man is standing on his own faith. It's a developed faith. He must have heard of, about something. He must have seen something before. He must have seen somebody's pictures. He must have heard somebody's used to stories. This man has his own faith. And he says, Master, if you want to, I can be, you can heal me. And Jesus' reply was simple. He reached out and touched him. And he said, I want to be healed. He said, I want to be cleaned. This man had a faith. He said, I know you can heal me. This might not be the appointed time. There might be some other reason why you won't heal me right now. I might not be able to understand that. We can wrestle with those kind of debates, but that's not what we're talking about right now. This man's faith says, I know you can. If you want to, you can heal me. Jesus said, I want to be healed. However, Right after that, the word says a centurion approaches Jesus. A centurion was a Roman soldier. 
in charge of a hundred men. And the centurion comes to Jesus and he tells him, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed with the palsy. And he's in terrible suffering. Jesus replies, let's go. I'll go to your house and I'll heal him. The centurion says, no, no, no. I'm not worthy, God, that you would come to my house. Simply speak the word and he'll be healed. He says, I'm a man of authority. I'm a man under authority. I understand authority. I have men that, that are under me. I say, go, and they go. I say, come, and they come. He says, I understand authority. I'm not worthy that you would come to my house. Simply speak the word, and he'll be healed. And Jesus is impressed by his faith, and he says, go. It will be done just as you believed. And the word says his servant was healed at that very hour. Now, now you, you got to get into this. The text is very clear. Nowhere does it tell us that the servant knows Jesus. Nowhere does it tell us that the servant is home praying. Nowhere does it tell us that the servant has faith. All it says is, go and it will be done just as you believed. As you. So the servant was interceded for and healed on the belief of somebody else. Church, what are we going to do with that today? <laughs> what are we going to do with that? The, he was miraculously healed on borrowed faith. If the faith of the centurion healed the servant... So, so on one hand, uh, one man full of faith, the leper, he gets healed, he believes, and he gets healed. On the other hand, a man who doesn't even know anyone is asking or praying for him, he gets touched and healed. Church, what can we do with that today? Who can you stand in the place for today? Who, when we close in prayer in a few moments, who will be touched from here today that's not here come on you need to get excited about this you do you understand what that what that means god is saying we can touch somebody in this church who doesn't come to this church <laughs> we can touch somebody who doesn't go to any church we can touch somebody today from here who doesn't even believe in church all right, you're not convinced yet. Let's go on. Let's look at the word. Maybe I need to encourage you a little bit more. Mark chapter 5. Move on. Matthew, Mark. Mark chapter 5. Once again, Jesus has a crowd following him. And one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, he falls at Jesus' feet. And he tells him, Jesus... Lord, my daughter is at home at the point of death. He says, God, my daughter is home dying. Come lay hands on her so that she might be well. And it's awesome, man. Jesus is awesome. He says, come on, let's go to your house. Let's go that she might be well. 
And then when they tried to leave, though, remember, there was a big crowd, right? And so when Jesus tried to leave to go to somebody's house, the crowd went Black Friday on him. Like Black Friday at Walmart. They just stampeded. They went all over him. They was pressing and pushing, and it was a stampede of people. They wouldn't let him through. Everybody was looking out for themselves. Nobody cared about his guy's daughter that's homesick. Everybody was like, no, I'm here. Jesus is here. I, I got a, a corn in my foot that I need healed, you know. I don't care if that lady's dying, some kid is dying at home. I got a pain in my shoulder and my elbow. I got a pain in my back. I ain't letting Jesus go until he take care of me. I don't care what happens over there. You understand? There was a stampede. We would have probably done the same thing, so let's not judge, right? We said, I got him. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you are not leaving. No way. Anybody, right? So there's a, a stand in the middle of the madness. We find the beautiful story of the woman with the issue of blood. Let me explain that to you real quick. There was a woman who had a condition where she had been bleeding for 12 years. Bleeding as in the feminine, you, you understand? Don't make me draw a picture. You, you know what I'm saying? She, my wife is going like this. They got to understand. She'd been bleeding for 12 years. She has seen every doctor. She tried every treatment and remedy. Nothing has helped her. 12 years. The word says she pressed in through the crowd. She pressed in through the madness because believing that everything she's heard about Jesus, she might have heard some used to stories. She must have seen some things. She must have seen some people who were lame and now they were walking. She must have seen some people who had leprosy and used to yell out unclean, unclean, who are now clean and walking with Jesus. She must have seen some things because she had a faith in her, a developed faith. Amen. She said, I don't, I don't need him to look at me. I don't need him to pray over me. There, there's the power of God in that man. If I could just touch his garment, I know I'll be healed. And so she presses in and she, everybody's looking for a word from God. Everybody wants Jesus to touch him on the forehead. She don't care. She said, if I could just grab a hem of his garment, if I could grab his running suit, if I could grab his sweatshirt, um, if I could touch his chanclas, if I could just get a hold of something, I know healing will come, come over me. And so she presses in. And, and, and the word says, she, her faith told her there was healing even in the clothes of that man. And so she presses in and, and, and she grabs the hem of that garment. She touches him. And immediately, immediately, as soon as she touched him, what she believed happened. She was healed. And she knew she was healed. And she knew from that moment, she knew the source of the blood stopped. She knew her condition changed. She knew she was new. She was made whole. She was changed. Come on, somebody praise God. And then, and then it gets crazy right here. Jesus says, who touched me? 
Are you picturing the scene, right? It's Black Friday at Walmart, and Jesus is standing in front of the one TV that's $99. <laughs> right? The one that they're going to sell for $99. There are people everywhere. They're all over him. And he stops and he tells the disciples, wait, wait, who touched me? And, and in my version of the Bible, the disciple says, Master, are you tripping? Are you, really, bro? Really, bro? You want to ask who touched you? Everybody touched you. We're all touching you. Which leads me to believe that we can touch Jesus in the wrong way and not get healed. Which leads me to believe that we can reach out and touch his garment, but if the intention is wrong, if the heart is wrong, if the character is wrong, if, if it's all about you, you can touch him all day. You can grab everything and nothing's going to happen. She touched the chunk line and got healed. Come on. So, so the disciples tell him, you're tripping, man. Everybody's touching you. And he says, no, 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 no. No, no, power has gone out from me. Hmm. See, you need to understand, Jesus knew exactly who it was. Jesus knew, he knew the sex, he knew the history, he knew the faith, he knew the intention of the one whom he had already consciously healed. You, you can't sneak a healing from Jesus. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Like, yo, I stole this from God. <laughs> no, you didn't, dummy. <laughs> Anything you got from God, he gave to you. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. Every good. Some of you think you got good things on your own because you good. Because you slick. Some of you think you're smooth and you got your game on and because of your game, you got good things. Some of you think you're smart enough because you're so smart, you got the good job. Because you're so cute that, you know, you got favor at your job. Listen, there's always somebody cuter than you. <laughs> Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. So, so when, when God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. <laughs> He's just giving somebody an opportunity to come forth and share their story. He already knows who it was, but he asked, who touched me? He was giving her the opportunity to share her story. And in verse 33, it says the woman with fear and trembling, she fell down before the master and she worshipped him and she told the entire story. It's such a, understand, this was a very delicate and personal matter. And it's so beautiful and tender that God wouldn't, that Jesus wouldn't have her share that ugly story until she was fully healed. Because understand, in that culture, even, even when a woman had her cycle, the culture considered her unclean. And so that means she couldn't worship at the temple. She couldn't perform religious uh, duties. She couldn't practice. She couldn't be around people. She couldn't be with her husband. She was considered unclean. So this woman, for 12 years, was considered unclean. 
For 12 years, she couldn't worship. For 12 years, she couldn't fellowship. For 12 years, she, she was considered unclean. And so, so understand that's a heavy stigma with her. This woman was dealing with 12 years of emotional, physical, and spiritual abuse. And God loves her so much that he preserves her dignity. He restores her physically, emotionally, and socially. And then he lets her tell her story. Now, you can imagine how long that story took to tell. Because it says she told her story and worshipped. So that means, you know, she was, I picture her this, this old Pentecostal with a bun. In the long skirts, right? Hairy legs, praise God. <laughs> no earrings. Right? No makeup. And she starts saying, man, she, you don't understand, for 12 years, I, oh, praise God, santo, hallelujah, gloria. And then one day I touched him and I felt, oh, santo, hallelujah, santo, hallelujah, right? So you can imagine, what, what I'm trying to say is that this story took a long time. Why does that matter? Remember, they were on the way to the house of Jairus, whose daughter was dying. And they got held up. And then had this, you know, revival meeting with this lady. And then this lady testified and worshipped and told her story. And so now at this point, it had taken up so much time that Jairus gets word back from his people at home. And they tell him, Jairus, don't. Don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. They said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter, she's dead. And Jesus overheard it. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jesus overhears everything. <laughs> he don't even got to be in a room. He overhears everything, right? And so he overheard it and he said to Jairus, do not fear, just believe. See, he was developing his faith. He was, he was giving him some pictures. He was giving him some things. He said, don't lose that faith that you came to me with. You knew I can heal her because you came to me to go heal her. So don't worry about her condition. Just believe. Amen. And so they went to the house. And at the house, people were screaming and crying. And they were already planning the funeral. When Jesus got there, Jesus threw them all out. He said, all of you get out of here. There was professional mourners, mourning, you know. That, that they hired that at that time. And they were mourning, crying, oh, my God, she's dead. What's her name again? Okay. Oh, my God, she died, you know. And, and, and Jesus, it says Jesus threw them all out. He said, all of you get out. I can't work with people that don't believe. I can't work with people that, church, 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 some of you got to do this. Sometimes you got to get people out your life. You got to get them out. You got to say, listen, 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 listen. If you're going to come with that porqueria about this and this and that, if all you're going to do is cry and whine and complain, you need to get out of my house for a minute. I need to have some time with God. Amen. So Jesus threw them all out just to give us a good reason to throw people out. <laughs> And he turns to the little girl and he said, baby girl, I need you to get up. And she arrives. She gets up. Amen. Now, let me ask you a question. Was she healed because of her faith? 
She was dead, ladies and gentlemen. Dead people have no faith. It was daddy who said, come, lay hands on her so that she may be well. And she was raised to life on borrowed faith. You, come on. She was raised to, are you getting this? See, in these passages, every time somebody steps out in faith and gets healed, somebody else gets healed who has no faith. God has given us a picture. He said, I don't care. It's not about you. I, I can do whatever I can do. I'm God. Amen? Okay, I don't think you guys believe it. One more, one more. Can I give you one more? One more. Because somebody ain't ready to, to pray for somebody that's not here today. Some of you are having a hard enough time just praying for people that are here. You, you're having a hard time praying with people who believe and you believe and you both believe. And you're already having a hard time praying. Imagine praying for somebody that don't even know you're praying for them. Who doesn't believe. Somebody who says, I don't believe in God, I believe in science. Yeah, you ain't ready yet. Here we go. One more, one more. Mark 2. Jesus, he's in a home and he's surrounded by people inside and out. And, and there's a man who's paralyzed with the palsy. He has palsy. He is totally paralyzed. His limbs are shriveled up. His muscles are shriveled. He can't stand. He can't walk. He has palsy. This disease is untreatable. This disease cannot be fixed. It doesn't even make sense that, that somebody could be healed because the muscles are not there. Everything is shriveled up. Everything never worked. You, you understand? So this is untreatable. This cannot be fixed. But these friends, they believed that Jesus could heal them. These guys knew that if they could just get them before Jesus, something could change. Some situ family, there are people all around us. We hear them talking and crying about their lives all day at work. Anybody? We see them struggling and suffering. And we see the pain and the brokenness that they go through. You ever just looked at somebody and thought to you in your head, if I could just get them in the presence of God. Anybody? Come on, you're not a good Christian if you never even thought about that. If I could just get them in the presence of God, man. If I could just get them to close to where Jesus is. If I could just get them to, 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 to where he could see Jesus three blocks away. If I could just get them close, amen. I know that they could be changed. Well, these friends, they grabbed their friend. Their friend said, I can't get out of bed. They said, I'm going to take your bed too. They said, I don't want to leave the TV. He said, we're going to take the TV too. The giants are playing. I said, you're going to watch them on your, on your iPhone, but we're going to go. I don't care. Whatever it is is going to hold you back. We're going to bring that too. Don't worry about it. And so they, they grab their friend with his bed and everything, and they carry him. Picture this, man. Four guys carrying a bed with a guy that's paralyzed with the palsy. And they're carrying him through the streets. And, you know, they couldn't jump on a dollar cab or nothing like that because they didn't have anything, right? 
They couldn't jump on a camel or have a donkey. They had to walk this guy to wherever Jesus was. We're so spoiled. We complain about parking and we complain about having to walk. And we can. These four guys carried their friend on a bed and they took him to where Jesus was. But when they get there, the crowd has taken up all the space. And they can't get anywhere close to Jesus. All the ways to Jesus have been blocked. Family, sometimes when you try to bring somebody to God, you will find that every way to Jesus is blocked. Every street, every avenue you try to bring them up is closed up. Come on. But you see, these guys had a developed faith already. These guys had already seen the leper. They'd already seen the lame man walk. They'd already seen the blind man see. They already saw the deaf guy ears open up. They must have seen something in their life because they had a developed faith already. And so they took their friend to the roof of where Jesus was. And they start to pick up the tiles out the roof. And they start to pull back the roof. And so Jesus and the disciples are getting hit with debris from, from everywhere. I, I picture Peter, you know, he would always say something dumb. He said, sweet Jesus, there's a bed coming down from heaven. They're getting hit with stuff, right? And then before you know it, bam, there's a bed right in front of Jesus. And there's a bed with a guy all shriveled up with the palsy. He is disfigured. He's a broken man. He's handicapped by his situations. He's a man who couldn't get there on his own. He's a man who had very little chance of ever having an opportunity like this in his life. Family, these were real friends. These were faithful fellows. These guys had a love that risked everything. They were willing to do whatever it takes to get their friend before the presence of God. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know how Jesus was going to react. All they knew, like the leper, they knew that if Jesus wanted to, Jesus could heal their friend. Who is that person in your life? Who's that person that you know? They're crippled by the handicap of alcoholism. They're crippled with drug abuse. They're, who's that guy in your life? Who's that guy in your neighborhood? Who's that family member that you have? Verse 5 says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Your sins are forgiven. Some of you didn't catch that. He, he would say, wait, 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 hold up, hold up. We just want the man to walk. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. See, Jesus always sees the greater need. Come on, you still with me? We, they just wanted him to be able to walk so he could work, so he could make a paycheck, so he could help support, you know, some things. They, they just want him to be healed so he can walk. Jesus said his greater need, he needs to have repentance. He needs to be reconciled to God. He needs to be, be made right with God. That's the first thing I'm going to do. His sins, your sins are forgiven. And then he says, now arise. 
pick up your bed and walk. Come on, somebody should get happy about that. This man was untreatable. This man was unfixable. This man could not be healed. This man was disfigured. This man couldn't walk. This man could. And he says, pick up your ceiling. Pastor Peter can get it out of here. And that man picked up the mattress, everything. And he walked out the place with strong legs, strong arms. I love that verse. Jesus said, I, Jesus saw their faith. They had a faith that could be seen. See, when you develop your faith, it could be seen by people. When you develop the pictures, you can see them. I can tell you, this was a trip to Bermuda, Hawaii, Hawaii and Bermuda. And, and, you know, we went to Hawaii first and then Bermuda. And, and it was amazing. And I, I caught a shark over here. And I, well, I rode a shark over here. And, and over here, I, and I can tell you all this. But if I can't show you something. If your faith hasn't been developed, it can't be seen. What can our faith be seen doing? What can your faith, what can our faith be seen doing listen if it can if it hasn't been seen doing anything lately then we're not doing anything this man was forgiven and made right with God and healed on borrowed faith and I'll, I'll close simply with this some of us might be here today on borrowed faith listen to me let's bow our heads for a second some of you might be here today on borrowed faith. You came here because on somebody else's faith. You keep coming because of somebody else. You keep showing up here because of somebody else. You're on borrowed faith. I want to encourage you today to begin to develop your own faith. And so, because see, you can't build on somebody else's faith. You have to make it your own today. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to be really, really bold right now. Get up and come down to the front and start to develop your own faith. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. This ain't easy. This ain't easy. Encourage them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Come on, man. Come on. You, you, can't, you can't get to heaven on somebody else's faith. You, you can't be who God called you to be on mommy's faith or on daddy's faith. You, you have to start, come to time. It's okay to rest in that for a season. But there comes a time when you need to stand up like these people are standing up and coming to the front and saying, I don't care who else stands up. I don't care who sees me. I don't care what anybody here thinks. I'm going to start developing my own faith. I'm standing on my own today. Come on, let's celebrate them. It's time to develop that thing. It's time to develop. See, like developed film, developed faith has pictures to show. It has stories to tell. Prayer team, can you come and surround these people? Come on. See, if Jesus can't see our faith, it's not doing anything.
the rest of us still sitting back, then, then, then we're, saying, we're saying we have our own faith. Then I'm not here on somebody else's faith. I'm going to encourage you today to start to work that thing out. I'm going to encourage you today to start to develop that faith. I'm, I'm going to encourage you today to start to move, to start to share however little bit of faith you think you have, share it. The word says faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. Imagine how many bodies that can move. If you need to stand up today, if there's somebody you're thinking about, if there's somebody that came to your mind during these stories, Come on, we can touch them from here right now. We're going to believe together from here right now that God can touch people right where they are. You have a family member that needs healing. You have a, a co-worker that needs a touch from God. You have somebody in your family that needs to be reconciled to God. You have, come on, it's time to call the prodigal children back home. Come, we believe, I believe Gary's going to come and pray. And I believe from right here, we can touch the Bronx and Brooklyn and Jersey and Connecticut and all over the globe. Go ahead, G. Amen. The rest of you, I'm, I'm going to ask you all to stand. Because that's why God has left you here on the earth. And you know, you know what your purpose is? To love the one in front of you. The one that you see every day. Maybe you're not the one going to China or Africa. But the one that you pass by. Maybe the one that lives in your house that doesn't know Jesus. So I'm gonna ask God right now to bring, to bring somebody's face into your mind. God is gonna begin to show you people and you're gonna step out and, and begin to bring them to Jesus. That's all we're asking you to do. You don't have to preach. You don't have to go to Bible school. We're just asking you to go to the one, just the one, the, the one that God has put in front of your face right now and bring them to him, to love them enough. So I, just receive right now. You know what we're going to have right now, Pastor George? We're having an ordination service. We're ordaining every one of you into full-time ministry. <coughs> How many of you have been saying, I want to be in full-time ministry? Well, we're ordaining you right now. We're releasing over you the ability, which is called the anointing. And you're going to go out. You're going to go back into your house, into your school, into your work. And you're going to tell those people all that God has done for you. So right now, in Jesus' name, I ordain you. As a minister of the gospel, I ordain every one of you 
into full-time ministry to preach the gospel, heal the sick in Jesus' name. Just receive the power. See, there's got to be a burden on your heart for, the, for those around you. That's why God has left you here on this earth. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I release your power. I release your fire, God. I release upon each one a burden, Lord God, for the lost, oh God, for those who don't know you tonight, today, for those who have no hope, oh God. God, burden us right now, oh God. God, will you give us souls, oh God, in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to be bold again. You don't have to come up here. But if you're saying over this next week, I'm going to be bold enough to go to at least one person and invite them to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now if that's you. <coughs> that's it. All over this place. If you're saying, I'm going to go to that one. If, I, if you can't preach, then invite them to church. What, whatever you got to do. So, Father, I just pray for each one raising their hands right now, God. <coughs> Father, give them boldness, Lord God. Father, give them favor, Lord God, that your house might be filled, Lord God. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for the soul winners, for the mighty ministers, for the mighty men and women, Lord God, who are going to go back out, Lord God, in boldness. Father, we thank you for the souls, oh God. We thank you, Lord God. <coughs> In Jesus' name. Let's just bless him right now. Let's just, let's just thank yes, him. Yes, yes, yes. For the privilege. Yes, yes, yes. Do you understand the privilege to partner with God? To be his mouthpiece? To be his hands and his feet. God has honored you. Yes. yes. So, Father, we yes. thank yes. you for yes. that honor. Yes. And we're going to say one more thing. It says in Jesus. Isaiah chapter 6, there was a man named Isaiah in the Bible. And God said, he looked all across the earth. And he said, who will go for me? Who will do my work? Who will reach these people? And you know what Isaiah said? He said, here I am. Send me. Who's saying that today? Who's saying, God, here I am. If no one else goes, God, send me. Father, I just release that blessing over each one, oh God, in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. Before we leave, we're going to do this one thing. I believe, I believe miracles are happening right now. Some of you ran up here when I said, if there's somebody we need to pray for that's not here today. 
And so there's, I'm believing, we're here believing that there's somebody that, that needs a touch from God today. There's somebody that we know, and we're standing here in the place of those people. And I believe, I can't wait to hear these stories. But we're going to agree together right now as one family. Right now, we're all the Rodriguez's. We're all one family, right? We all have one last name, is, and it's founding Christ. And so we're going to believe together. And we're going to pray and intercede together. And I want you to think about that one person. And right now, Father, we just extend your grace and your mercy to that house, to that home, to that hospital, to that street, to that block. right now to that very bedroom father we know that you can be here and be there at the same time and so father based on your word that we read today based on the scriptures that you gave us to believe God we stand on your word and we ask that you would go and touch them that you would go and heal them that you would go and bring restoration that you would bring reconciliation that you would go and make that brother that sister that you would go and make that uncle that aunt that mother that father that husband that wife that 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 child that you would go and make them right with you right now lord god Touch them right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we break the curse off that family. In Jesus' name, we break the curses off of their lives. In Jesus' name, we speak against sickness and disease. And we say, Father, by your stripes, they are healed. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We just seal the word. Father, we send out your word, oh God, to heal the diseases, Lord God. Let your word run swiftly, oh God. We plead your blood over every family member, Lord God, over every co-worker, oh God, over every schoolmate, oh God. In Jesus' name, Father, make us instruments of your love, of your peace. Father, we will go. If you're saying we will go, then give a shout to the Lord right now. And we bless you. Remember next Sunday, back to church Sunday. Bring them in. The Lord says that my house may be filled, that no one should perish but that all should come to the knowledge of God. So be blessed today. For those of you who are hungry, we have a fun...